Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you here tonight, it's Ian. And Jay Noon. In a parent's life, there are times, especially as children get older, that they are left alone. And you guys don't sleep in the same bed with your kids. Most people would find that kind of weird after a certain point. Uh, so, you know, when it, when your kids are asleep at night, you're not in the same room, right? Nope. Yeah. They got their, they got their own bed. And most Uh, people wouldn't think that's like an abandonment problem or negligence, child negligence or whatever the charge was. What was the exact, uh, uh, charge? Child endangerment. Child endangerment. Which by the way, the police officer that they had, the one cop that they called to the trial to testify, admitted under your cross-examination, because you were able to represent your wife in court, uh, they, he admitted that there was no endangering going on, that there was right. no danger that this child uh, could face. But then he started to just cook up all these different things that could have happened. You know, like a meteor could have struck the car out of uh, the sky <laughs> yeah. or, yeah. you know, whatever. Just ridiculous uh, theories. He didn't actually use that one, but the things he was bringing up were pretty outrageous, pretty ridiculous. Uh, you know, this two-year-old that's strapped into the car seat's got to put the car in gear and all of a sudden, you know, pull out and crash the car. Or My favorite like is when he said, choke on a pacifier. And uh, and I said, uh, are you aware that pacifiers are engineered and designed size specifically so children cannot choke on them? And he's like, no. Nope. He but he don't have know. any kids. He don't mm-hmm. know. That's why he didn't know that, right? The judge doesn't even have any kids, best I nope, can tell. doesn't seem like it. Uh, the prosecutor didn't have any kids. The social workers didn't have any biological children from DCYF. But yet they're all telling you guys how you should be raising your children. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so, unfortunately, uh, you did not prevail at the bench trial, and Shallon was found guilty of this ridiculous charge. Today was the sentencing day, and uh, the sentence could have been worse. It, it was a Class A misdemeanor count, which... In New Hampshire, can get you up to a year in jail, and I believe like eleven hundred or twelve hundred dollars in fines, somewhere in that range. And there was no fine issued. They, uh, the prosecution, asked for ten classes, parenting classes, and the judge did decline to order the parenting classes, claiming that the criminal record was enough punishment to deter so-called future, uh, you know, potential issues. Yeah. And he did sentence her to forty-five days in jail suspended which means that she doesn't actually have to go to jail it means that the 45 days will not be imposed upon her unless she's arrested for something else within the next year so basically she has to be on quote-unquote good behavior for one year's time and then the 45 days will go away will no longer be hanging over her head uh, so to speak so that was the result today and of course some of the theory was that the judge went light on the sentence number one of course because she has absolutely no criminal record whatsoever uh but number two because they really don't want you guys to appeal this thing yeah right exactly and you are intending to appeal it because thankfully they charged it as a class a had they charged it as a class b misdemeanor there would be no appeal to a jury available it would have to if you're going to appeal it it would have to go straight to the supreme court but now because it's a class a instead of a class b she can appeal to what they call a de novo trial. And then that in Latin, I believe, means from the beginning. And so what that means is that you get another crack at the apple or a bite at the apple. You get to go uh, to superior court. You get to pick a jury. 
you get to present the case. They, the state has to present the case again. That means they got to call back all the witnesses that they called in. And it wasn't just a cop in this case. They had at least three sort of lay witnesses, people who were in the parking lot uh, at the time, including one woman who was the initial call to the police, who, as we learned later on, and this will be interesting information to have when you're actually cross-examining her this time around, uh, is that, because you didn't know it at the time, but research was done into this woman who complained And it turns out she just so happens to work for the county prosecutor's office. We actually just read last night uh, the story about the Kansas newspaper, a real small town, I think it was Marion, Kansas, where they actually uh, raided the newspaper's offices on Friday. And the people that run this newspaper, I mean, it's a newspaper, they're elderly. The guy that runs the thing is 69 years old. His mom... Who was still alive on Friday, 98 years old, died the next day. She could not handle the stress, the difficulty of going through a raid, which is an incredibly stressful thing to go through. And she was 98 years old. She died the following day after this. It's absolutely ridiculous. And now, a few days later, the prosecution is saying, oh, yeah, that raid was doesn't look like it was legal. There was no legal nexus. So just go ahead and give all the stuff back. Well, you can get your stuff back, but you can't get your mom back who passed away. So just a, it's just an example of how hard people take their first encounter with the police. I mean, for most people, it's just you, you get pulled over and you get a ticket. But even that is an adrenaline pumping kind of encounter, I think. Yeah, for you're a lot under of attack. You're, you, you know, I would almost rather have a bunch of. You know, Latin kings walk up to me mm. with, you know, clubs, you know, to my truck. Well, you could than, defend yourself in you know, that case. Then uh, blue lights flashing in the rear view. I mean, the uh, the adrenaline pumps for people, not because you're doing something wrong, but because, you know, this psychopath that's walking up to your car could very well kill you and over he, this. And he's got blanket qualified immunity. Right. So he'll be protected from whatever kind of violence he decides to ensue. If he doesn't ensue direct violence against you, then you just lucked out. You got a uh, less insane psychopath for the moment who just wrote you a ticket, and now you're going to be forced to go into the court system. So, I mean, having been uh, to so many different court hearings, I, I mean, I don't even know how many hundreds and hundreds of court hearings I've probably been to and arraignments and things like that. Uh, I, as you may or may not know, Jay, I for uh, many times have passed out, not passed out, but given out uh, flyers in these courtrooms and outside of courtrooms all around New Hampshire, focusing mostly on this area, uh, the Keene area of New Hampshire, which are all about not just jury nullification, we have those flyers, but we also have flyers about not taking a plea deal. And the reason is because people just do not understand this system that they are forced into. And it is a scary system. I have heard from many people who are going into court of all ages, you know, people in their 20s, 40s, 50s, and up, people who have said to me, this is my first time here. I am scared. I don't know what I'm doing. Thank you so much for this information because they have no one with them. There's no one helping them. There's no expertise that they can turn to. I mean, the average person can't afford to bring an attorney on. If you if you get a ticket for having an open container of alcohol as you're walking down the street in Keene, New Hampshire or something like that, that ticket's only going to cost, you know, to pay 150 bucks or whatever it is, right? Like it's just to sit down with the lawyer for an hour, you're going to have to pay $200. And you can't right? even do that. 
all these lawyers that I've called and talked to, hey, I'd like to, you know, go over some mm-hmm. stuff with you. Can I just hire you for your hourly rate for like, you know, an afternoon for four hours, five hours? I don't do things like that. I, I'm, I won't even talk. Wow. I won't even talk to you about it. And these are like lawyers that like people have recommended to me. Damn. Oh, this guy's a good guy. Check him out. I'm like, dude, your guy's not a good guy. He's not even interested. You know, he's just uh, he's just raking it in. Yeah. And you know, lawyers are like car mechanics too. They can just pick and choose what they want to take for cases because they're so busy. Well, here's another so one much litigation for you because I know you've got you've been bending the ear of a state representative or two. What about abolishing the rule that says you have to be a bar accredited attorney in order to quote unquote practice law in New Hampshire? Yeah, I, that would be. I mean, yeah, that and the prosecute the prosecutors should be barred from bringing any case forward unless there is an actual injured party, mm, property nice. damage, or they can. There is an allegation of a violation of a legal right. That would be amazing to pass that one. In order to prove this charge, there was a certain terminology that you guys brought up in court. I didn't make a note of exactly what it was, but it was this sort of vague standard of. You know whether or not the child was in danger. Do you remember what the the phrase was? It was like this vague thing they um, had to prove. And uh, something of duty. Yeah, uh, duty of care. Duty of care. Yes, that was it. So if you had abandoned your so-called duty of care, and that they could uh, prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, then guilty and sentenced. And today the sentence was handed down in a case involving. Your wife stepping into a TJ Maxx, I think it was, for a few moments while leaving the child in the car, uh, strapped into a car seat, two years old, child was asleep, only woke up because the police knocked on the car window. Right. She probably would have slept all the way through your wife's visit to uh, the TJ Maxx and then everything would have been fine, but no, some local busybody who just so happens to work for the police prosecutors or the county prosecutor's office saw your car, probably noticed the freedom friendly bumper stickers. Yep. That's what I believe. Yep. And then decided to call the cops. And now you guys have been drug around through this system for what, over a year? Oh, yeah. Well over a year. It's a year and a half. Yeah. March uh, of 2022. When it was. 2022. And And now you're going to have to go to an appeal to a jury trial. And that is what brought us into this discussion about. Getting rid of the Department of Children and Families, uh, getting you know, the uh, system changed so people can. Well, first of all, so I think you made a great suggestion. So the only prosecution that can happen is where there's an actual identifiable victim, someone who was harmed or their property was harmed in some way, shape, or form by the person that they're coming after. And this would include contract violations. So this would include mm-hmm. shoplifting, yeah. you know, motor vehicle accidents, sure. um, you know, uh, if you damage someone's property. Theft uh, and destruction, and, absolutely. And yeah. Any kind of assault and batteries against people. And, you know, it's becoming sort of, uh, you know, the thing the past several years, we see a lot of these cities like San Francisco melting down because they're literally not charged, not, not prosecuting people for shoplifting. Uh, but you know right. they're, they're they're going after Elon Musk for not having a permit for changing his sign on the side of a building he has in San Francisco. They and sure they, are, yeah. And but you know they're not going after the people shoplifting and the right. mass. Uh, you know what do they call it when they have like fifty people you know ramsack a store? 
There's just nothing going on about it, and they're just just allowed to get away with it. Yeah, I think that's a really great idea to uh, to mandate there be a victim because there's so many police resources that are focused on victimless crimes, and this is one way that you could just cut off the head of things like the war on drugs and the war on you know prostitution or gambling or whatever other things that they are going after out there, even speeding tickets. Uh, again, no victim, no crime. Now, of course, it's not going to be easy to get something like that through, but it may actually be easier to push something like uh, that idea through than the idea of just ending the war on drugs. There may be less pushback against the idea of let's have a victim here. Why shouldn't every crime charged have an actual victim that has to get called to the stand in a trial and testify? And the thing is, unless sh- they're dead, you know, and. You know, there really kind of has to be that, but the problem is, is this this system has gotten so corrupt right. that you know that no judges are being sanctioned, no lawyers or and no. prosecutors they, are losing their jobs. They would sanction jobs. themselves, and they're not going to do that. Right, and, and 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 you know the system is is absolutely corrupt. So, and what would be another thing is, you know, if the legislature, if you know, especially with a, a lot of the Democrats in the legislature, you know. There is a lot of people that the Democrats, uh, you know, sort of um, side with or take the side of. That's what started this defund the police thing on a Democrat side. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, um, you know, uh, and, and, and that's yeah, a lot of the Yeah, they didn't really mean it. No, they didn't really mean it, probably. <laughs> but in New Hampshire, is a little different than like California or mm-hmm. New York State when it comes to the legislature. Because in New Hampshire's got so many legislators. There's 400 of them. They're only that's paid right. $100 a year. Uh, so, and there's only one point, what, three something million population in New Hampshire. Right. To where, like, you know, New York State has, you know, I don't know, 50 million people or something. I don't even know what the, how many people there is. But Whatever they, it is, it's a lot more. But they have very little legis- legislative representatives. So right. when it comes to lobbying, like, so the pharmaceutical companies, the you know, the uh, prison industrial complex, the, you know, the, um, what are they, you know, whatever it is, these guys uh, are able to easily lobby a, a handful of representatives to, to, uh, to enforce their will on a lot of people to where that doesn't really exist in new hampshire i think new hampshire has the um greatest representative count to uh population in in the um in, in the, the state. united states the united it is states. the largest number of representatives period and if you do it by population it is you know oh, i mean it's incredible right like it's three it's 3500 people or less per representative district i mean that is very very small while whereas like for instance you mentioned new york uh, compared to 150 state, what they call assembly members, this is the the same thing as a a state representative there, and uh, the population of New York, I'll have to look up. I don't have that in, in front of me at the moment, but it's it's a hell of a lot more. So you're probably looking at you know tens of thousands, if not hundred thousand plus people per so, per district. So if you're going to do this kind of thing, New Hampshire is the place to do it. What do you think about this guy in Argentina? We covered him last night. Have you seen any news about the Javier Malay, who is a purportedly an anarcho-capitalist, principled libertarian guy who actually won the par- the uh, primary election? It's not the general. It's not the final thing, but he won the primary. He got more votes in the primary than any of the other major candidates received. Uh, do you think he's controlled opposition? Do you know anything I about mean, him? I don't know anything about the guy. No, okay. it's the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah. I've actually been really not really paying attention to much because sure. it, it's either I'm working, sleeping, or working on this stuff here. Right. But yeah, I, I could be. But you know, the thing is too is like um, in America here with the whole voting thing. You know, we know the elections. You know, are, are probably rigged somehow. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is I don't think that they're exactly rigged in the way people think they are. 
Uh, so a lot of people like of, of my persuasion sort of think, or not even my persuasion, but on the right think that, you know, they, they just, that they just gave Biden a bunch of votes and took a bunch away from Trump, mm. which eh, could happen, but that's probably not likely. To me, the rigging is that you've got essentially controlled candidates on both sides. Yeah, and that's, so therefore, that's whoever wins, everyone else loses. So they are. So I believe that they are controlled candidates. I'm sure Trump's controlled. I'm sure Biden's controlled. Even mm-hmm. this judge that was here today, I think he's controlled. I think he had to give my wife the 45 days suspended sentence and couldn't do a not guilty uh, because of because of political reasons and also oh and then you had the prosecutor claiming he's autonomous and oh, that yeah. he's not taking orders from anyone this was all his decision to go after your so, wife so yeah so it was a prosecutor's decision to spend you know thousands of thousands of dollars of of uh taxpayer dollars on this frivolous charge that is going to go further and is going to cost the taxpayers another thousands of thousands of dollars to you know to convene a jury trial yep. uh you know in a, in a whole other courtroom and to you know, subpoena, and then when we go to bring our, our 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 claim and lawsuit against these guys, it's going to cost them all kinds of other money. I mean, the state of New Hampshire has already paid out, according to some numbers, and we haven't got this exact, and I could be wrong, but over three hundred million dollars in the past decade just on DCYF claims alone. Mm-hmm. That right, and there's more coming. Oh, and there's more coming. They're and, stacked up right now I, because of the uh, rape center that they had. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't even count the rape center that they had. doesn't even count this uh, Harmony Montgomery, who was a little girl that was just like, she's dead now. Uh-huh. If she would be seven or eight years old today, and she's dead because DCYF uh, took her away from her loving mother mm. and decided to give them to the drug addict, crackhead, you know, drug dealing father wow. who basically somehow lost a kid. And, you know, and, and, and it's, um, it's just, you know, it's, the, they always make the wrong mistake. And one reason and there's I'm, no liability for them, they always make the wrong decision. And one reason like in, um, so a guy's name is Jeff Younger. He was on, if you do Jeff Younger, Tim cast, he was on about a year ago explaining how his, uh, how his ex-wife basically took the kid to California, their kid or like six, seven year old mm-hmm. kid. He hasn't seen his kid in a couple of years and his, and the ex-wife is doing a transgender thing. And and the kid's like, I don't want to be a girl, Dad. Every time we talk to him, Mom wants to be a, Mom wants me to be a girl. California is like basically like this is where a civil war is really going to start. Like when you have a guy like Jeff Younger in Texas, and you know, and when the Texas governor says no, that kid belongs back here, and decides to send the military into um you know the Texas uh, uh, National Guard or whoever, a military mm-hmm. or or Chuck Norris rounds up a posse to go get this kid out of California, mm-hmm. you know, and it turns into some kind of stuff like that. I, I you know I mean. You know, they, you, you shouldn't be, you know, gender dysphoria is cured by going through puberty and just taking the time, mm-hmm. not giving chemicals and ca- chemically castrating and mentally manipulating, you know, prepubescent children. New Hampshire has the most representative body of any of the U.S. states. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like by a large margin. Not only do we have 400 members of the House of Representatives here in New Hampshire, but they represent, quote-unquote, because I don't think anybody on this show actually believes they represent anyone but themselves. That whole idea is just completely fallacious. But we'll use the terminology. They, quote-unquote, represent about 3,000 to 3,500 uh, of their constituents per district, right? So it's not a lot of people. And that means that your so-called representative is actually someone you are likely to, maybe you already know the person, maybe you don't know him, but you might live on the same street with him, 
we're on the same street as the the representative that is re- uh, quote unquote representing Keene's Ward Four. She lives on the exact same street, just a few houses down. Uh, so I mean, I don't know her well, but I see her. I wave at her. <laughs> you know, we've we've had interactions before. I helped get her dog when it ran off uh, off its leash. You know, leash a couple of years ago. Uh, you may see these people at the grocery store. You may see them, they may be buying your car when you put it up for sale in the, the local Craigslist or whatever. And these are people that are actually in your community. Unlike New York State and you know, probably where you live if you're not in New Hampshire. Massachusetts is classic for this too. You had brought up New York State specifically though, so yep. I, I pulled up the numbers. And it's about 19 plus million people. And if you divide that by 150, which is the number of assemblymen, as they call them in New York State, that they have, it is 130,000 people per representative. So when I, when I just kind of shot in the dark at 100,000, yeah, it's about that, 130,000. And that's why New York is losing population. New York is in so much trouble. Well, I don't uh, know if that's why. Well, I, it was a lot of the reason why, yeah. because lo- it, it's easy takens for the lobbyists mm-hmm. they only got to convince what 100 people there's 150 uh, of these assembly men i think you said in new york yep, yep. so they only got to convince two-thirds of them to get anything done they only got to buy two-thirds of them and they get to essentially force their will on 19 point something million people which is a really good return for say pfizer if you're gonna you know force the will of uh you know some kind of pharmaceutical like the uh, mandatory vaccines and stuff like that you know and that was a huge thing in new york you know, there was all, all you know all kinds of you know hoopla for that. That's why so many people. One of the reasons so many people exited New York is they're mm-hmm. getting woke up. This, but this has a lot to do with like if you you know why. So in New Hampshire here, you can publicly shame your local representative if they're uh, if they're bad. Sure, uh, real easy, and you can run against them the next time around. And yep. as long as you're willing to put the work in, have a good chance of winning. Yeah, going door to door is the way to do it. By yes. the way, every time yep. you talk to people who are successful their first time out because usually if you run a political campaign you don't expect to win the first time out the gate but if you go door to door in the district and you actually meet the people that'll be voting for you then that is a huge uh check in your column in your favor and we've seen a lot of people try it the first time they go door to door and they actually win against in some cases incumbents you know i actually looked at the numbers for california just for the fun of it and it's even worse than new york with a hundred and uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was 120 uh, state reps. It's actually 120 if you include both the senators and the assemblymen. So it's actually only <laughs> 80 uh, into 39 million people. And you get less representation. Almost half a million per representative or what they call assemblymen. You know, the idea that, you know, the government is here to protect us and the government can like say, oh, well, you did this offense. And in fact, that's what they're dealing with. Called a crime. They call it an offense mm-hmm. uh, in their statute. And the idea that your statute applies to us and Mark Stevens for years now. Uh, check out Mark Stevens on YouTube. He's, mm-hmm. he's actually releasing new stuff. He's back oh, at great. his, um, like, uh, I, he's got a bunch of stuff that's very recent. I'm glad to hear and that. And it's very timely. It's, uh, and, you know. Uh, he didn't have gray hair when he quit doing it. And now he's now got he some gray hair. But anyways, he's got right. really great content. But Mark Stevens is like, well, just ask him what evidence they have that you're, that the code applies to you, that the law applies to you. Mm-hmm. And like when we asked this cop on the stand, and if you guys go to uh, Free Keen's 
uh, uh, what's that? It's on Odyssey. The Odyssey channel. It you can go to video.freekeen.com and and you'll find uh, the Noons court case if, if you just search. Uh, search it's noon. one of the most recent videos. And at right at the two hour mark, if you just stop it right there and then play on, you know, fast mm-hmm. forward it. I asked the cop, uh, "What evidence do you rely on that the New Hampshire code or laws simply apply to anyone because they're standing on a soil we call New Hampshire?" And he said, oh. "I don't have any evidence." <laughs> So and and if you back it up a couple minutes, where he states to the uh, prosecutor that the prosecutor says, uh, "Does the New Hampshire uh, law apply to people because they're simply in New Hampshire?" and 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 a cop says, "Yes." Well, where's this evidence? So, first off, yeah, prove it. Oh, the government said this, so you have to do this, and you know, and then even in the New Hampshire Constitution, it says that you know you surrender a little bit of your freedom to have protection of government that's not exactly what maybe you can word it a little better off the top you're of your close head. i mean that, that that is pretty common as i understand it in a lot of constitutions yep. it's their sort of their idea of how to justify the system as it exists is that you trade your freedom in return for protection and that is ultimately what the citizenship concept is when right. you look up the Social definition contract. of citizen, yep. uh, it is it's well, I mean, it's not a real contract because you can't point to it, right? But doesn't exist. The theory is that you give up your rights in return for protection. That's the deal. The actual definition of citizen, and Mark Stevens wrote an excellent essay about this or article about this years ago where he points out that a citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection, meaning you do what they say and they keep you safe. That's the idea. Not that I agree with that or that I want that deal, but that was the supposed deal for citizenship. And there's court case after court case after court case all the way up to the Supreme Court level that they've ruled over and over again that the government has no obligation to protect you. I mean, So the- you have no duty to them. So, you know, uh, any pledge of protection in return for personal allegiance, namely the citizen contract that the U.S. Supreme Court describes in uh, Lyra v. U.S., uh, this is 231 U.S. 9, the case along with 50 U.S.C. subsection uh, 1520, wherein the federal government authorized chemical and biological experiments to be conducted on the populace, are evidence enough to demonstrate that there is no obligation to provide police uh, power protections and that the government has, in fact, become harmful to the public and its unalienable rights. You don't even need to go with that, with that which is kind of a bit of a jump uh, legally from that case to that conclusion. You can actually cite Warren versus District of Columbia and many other oh, right. uh, yes. Supreme Court cases where they literally say the words government has no obligation to protect that there is no obligation to protect and it has been ruled again and again i mean you you don't even have to make any kind of assumptions it's so, right there so yeah they tell my wife that you know she she has you know neglected her uh you know duty to protect uh her children and, right and which you know she didn't but yeah government has nope. no obligation to protect you in fact that's be something to get into you know the 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 jury trial here mm-hmm. but also getting back to skeeter's thing you know this fact that we have the fact that we have a military literally just assassinating and genociding people all over the world, mostly in the Middle East. A lot of, you know, Iraq is you know a depleted uranium wasteland that can't mm-hmm. even. Now they're doing it to even, Ukraine, by the way. Yeah, and they're doing it in Ukraine and Russia and Belarus and all those countries around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're blowing up bridges. They're blowing up pipelines. 
Uh, they are creating what Ron Paul calls, or the CIA refers to also as blowback. blowback. Mm-hmm. So if we want to believe the actual, let's just say that a whole bunch of, you know, these, you know, terrorists that, uh, you know, were mostly Afghanis. I mean, not mostly Afghanis, but we're all Saudis and we never attacked Saudi Arabia. So I don't know why we went out went to Afghanistan and Iraq. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, we needed a whole bunch of opium so we can pump mm-hmm. America and Europe full of heroin. That's why we needed, you know, to do the uh, Afghan thing. And then the Iraq thing was because Saddam Hussein you know, was going to go outside the U.S. dollar and trading oil. That's why we had to go after him. Right. But, you know, the, uh, uh, 9-11, if you want to believe the, the official story, is a classic case of blowback. The economy ain't looking so hot with the big headline today being that mortgage rates could hit 8%. And when I told you this during uh, the begin- before we started the show, Jay, you you said mortgage rates should be at 24%. That's right. What? Yeah, they should be. Why is that? Because the only first off, the, the mortgage rates are so cheap because the Federal Reserve just creates uh, this money out of nothing, mm-hmm. fractional reserve banking. Or they create all the money they want with one percent of the money or two percent of the money. They keep on, you know, you know, reducing it. But the reality is, if there was an actual um, market, so for example, there's one trillion dollars in credit card debt, right? That's, That's debt. what I've heard. Yeah, right. new number. So, so that means, so people think that when they swipe a credit card, that money comes out of someone's bank account. Like somebody's funding this credit card, like somebody put up money. But actually what mm-hmm. happens when you start up a credit card, the money's poof, created out of thin air. No, nobody's, nobody's savings is mm-hmm. backing up a credit card. Nobody's savings is backing up your mortgage. Maybe if you get some kind of mortgage in like, uh, what do they call them? Um, the, not the banks, the uh, credit unions. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't trust them either because they're still sure. all governed by the same system. So the idea is if you had, if you're going to give someone money and not have it and, and expect payments back in 30 years, yeah. uh, what do you deserve for a return on your money? What would you want? What is a, you, you know, the real thing? What would interest rates be if the Federal Reserve didn't have, if there was no fiat dollars and you couldn't create money out of thin air? What would the that that would be the real marketplace of an interest rate? So a lot of well, people, yeah, that's an inter- interesting question. We've never actually been able to experience that in our lifetimes. I mean, the Federal Reserve has been around for over a hundred years now. So I guess the question is, what were interest rates like in the eighteen hundreds? So so it with so if interest rates were twenty four percent, let's say, because a lot of people are like, well, I guess I would at twenty four percent compound interest. Mm-hmm. You know, I would give somebody thirty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars for you know to get it back over twenty or thirty years. Like it's a long time to rate wait for your money. Yeah. So the so the way the system's set up because they don't really have any skin in the game. Uh, so they what they do is they they create money out of thin air. Uh, for for basically someone's mortgage that, that that money gets deposited in whoever's you know account you know the, the house is bought from let's say mm-hmm. uh, and then they have this mortgage document that they the and the the, the guy from the Big Short has uh, that movie The Big Short everybody should really try to watch that it's it's an old movie but it's like right on uh, about you know how this financial thing works so what they do is they take these mortgages. And then they slice these mortgages up into all kinds of, you know, financial instruments. And then um, actually Vermin Supreme does the best when he talks about, um, you know, uh, his financial system basically through ponies and, uh, you know, taking the pony poop and, you know, um, selling it as a financial asset. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the way uh, Wall Street does with all of the uh, mor- mortgage-backed assets that they bundle up and they sell. In the big short, they explain it really well. It'd be worth someone's time to take a couple hours and just watch that movie. It's super informative. So 
but and he also, if you look at it, well, I just before you go on, I I just ran the numbers here because just having purchased a home in the past, I kind of had some idea of what the this thing actually costs. And when they say it's seven percent, they're not talking about the total of what that that uh, is going to be costing you over thirty years. They're talking about, I believe, on a per annum basis. Correct. Compound interest. So it ends up it. coming out to, like right now, if you go to calculator.net and you just look at the default numbers, $400,000 home price, which is pretty getting pretty common these yep. days, uh, 20% down, 30-year loan, interest rate 7.03%, it's going to cost you $768,000 right. when all is said and done. So, I mean, that's like... Almost a hundred percent. And and right? the thing is, how many people have twenty percent to put down? Or have eighty grand to put down on a four hundred thousand dollar house? Not many. Very few people. So here's the thing. Uh, so interest rates were at twenty four percent. We're at eighteen percent. Yeah. In 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 the eighties they were. And but how talking about per year? Uh, I believe compound regular compound interest. I'm I'm not a hundred percent. Per yeah. I I, I guess that Whatever would be I, insane. Well, that level that level of uh, of pricing is insane. I can't believe the market would actually go that high but a four, on loans. But a four hundred thousand dollar house today was forty grand forty years ago. Well, that's and, an important point. Yeah, and a lot of people had twenty five percent, thirty percent, forty percent down. Mm-hmm. In fact, my dad bought a house in nineteen eighty four, and the interest rate was sixteen point eight percent on that house. That's you could get what a he house a hundred years ago for a few thousand dollars. Nineteen eighty four, he bought a house. 16.8%, I believe, is what it was. We found mm. this thing like, I don't know, wow. 12 years ago, this mortgage paperwork. But he only financed like $24,000 in the house. He put something like, uh, I think, 25 He put like just a crack over 50% down on a house. It was like a $50,000 house. Mm-hmm. And he, he put like twenty five grand down on it. And... Uh, and then, so the rest of it was, you know, the 14 point something, or I'm sorry, 16 point something percent. And it was a, a 30 year mortgage. And I can remember like one of the things he did, because if you got a 16% interest rate, it really, really makes a, um, uh, uh, makes a lot of sense to just take all the money you can and dump it towards, you know, paying off that note. When they raise the rates, quote unquote, that means that the the rates the federal government is paying the Federal Reserve are also going up. So it's not just that your mortgage payments are going up; it's that the Federal Reserve is getting more from the uh, more payments from the U.S. federal government as well. And so, mortgage payments are heading up towards eight percent as they continue to increase the the, the federal uh, rates at the Federal Reserve. I mean, it seems like every time they have their meetings, you know, every, every month or two or whatever, they're raising uh, the rates again and again. And they claim this is how you, quote unquote, fight inflation, which, of course, they created and they will never admit. By artificially low interest rates. And even 8% is an artificially low interest rate. The only way you can get an interest rate that low is to have the ability to correct, collect money, create money out of thin air. And, and, and that's what they do because basically... You know, just just to, I mean, your reality is nobody would lend their money at eight percent. Hmm. You know, is, is you, I don't know. I, I mean, I think people would. I think well, some people would. Some people do if it's like you know these things where it's like guaranteed you're not going to lose yeah, like these CDs debt. and stuff like that. But when it comes to mortgages and the history we have with mortgages and the fact that right now, like you know, 
there's like most people, it's two percent down. They're, they're, they're you know, two percent. Yeah, they have. No, I wouldn't say most people, but there's definitely incentive programs where it's two percent mm. and three percent down. California did a thing for for if you have a bad credit rating, that they. Uh, you know, paid a part of your uh, down payment, so you only had to put two percent down, wow, and then you crazy. have the economic ninja talks about this stuff a lot. He's a YouTuber guy that's actually pretty entertaining, and he's got some good information. But he talks about how uh, there's banks out there that are it's like uh, they're offering something like three uh, percent, and then they give you three uh, percent down, and they give you one percent back at closing. So it's really only two percent down, and this is wow, and, and this is like and a, it's taxpayers that are footing the rest of well, it. Well, it's you know, it's it's well, it's I don't know who's footing the rest of it. Mm. They're just so desperate to sell these overpriced houses, mm-hmm. and that's the reason houses are so expensive is because the interest rates have gone have gone down, so the banks are able to charge more. It's just like the same exact thing where every time the the, the U.S. government says, "Oh, we're going to add another five thousand dollars to the uh, guaranteed amount, the minimum guaranteed amount that we will uh, give you in a student loan," and all of the college prices go up that that five thousand dollars sure. just like so it doesn't oh, even help the federal government's going to give you five thousand dollars towards your solar installation on your roof and the state government's going to give you two thousand dollars towards your solar installation on a roof and as soon as they do that all, all the prices go up on these 5, solar 000, projects yeah. go up to five and a two thousand <laughs> like you just talk to the guy at home depot that's trying to sling you a solar panel he's yep. like oh you can get this five thousand dollar federal rebate I'm like, oh, that's why you're five grand more expensive mm-hmm. than you know anyone else, or, or even they're like fifteen grand more expensive than anybody else. It's that's crazy. you know because I have friends that do solar, and you know we've talked to these guys in Home Depot, and it's like, yeah, that, but it, it doesn't cost that much money because you get money back, and which means if you're gonna get like you know a rebate from the government, you're contributing to to killing brown people on the mm-hmm. other side of the world because that's how they make the dollar worth. Uh, uh, holds its value is by murdering people who in, in, in poorer countries who their dictators or their 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 uh, you know puppet governors don't want to um, you know participate in U.S. dollar like you know Iraq for example. Well, meanwhile, Libya. the American people are suffering at home. I mean, you you were talking about some of the factors that go into the increased home prices, and of course, a major factor is just straight up inflation, which is the printing of the money. And we've seen the U.S. Federal uh, Reserve, the government has printed trillions in just the last few years they used covid as the excuse and it wasn't just the u.s government its governments and central banks all around the planet have printed many 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 trillions of dollars in total i think it was like 29 trillion globally or something was the number that i saw here in the u.s it was multiple trillion and uh, and that money is now bringing prices up all over the place. You can't get away. You and I just went out this morning. Uh, our, yep. our our families went out to uh, get some breakfast. It was just the the two of us and yep. and uh, you know me and Bonnie and you and and Shallon. And I think our bill was in the forty plus dollar range just for breakfast. I've got uh, Peter Saint Ange here. A clip from him from a couple of weeks ago. There was one that he did today on the Canadian situation. It's way worse, apparently, in Canada. The housing prices are going even more insane up there. Uh, the government, of course, is even more you know, insane there, believe it or not, than, than the U.S. government from a fiscal policy. But this is one where he talks about a debt tsunami that is incoming here, and I thought it was worth sharing. A few days ago, just before Fitch downgraded our spender-in-chief, the Treasury Department announced it plans to borrow what the Wall Street Journal termed an eye-popping amount. A trillion dollars over the next three months alone and a projected one point eight five trillion over the next six months. Both were forty to fifty percent higher 
than Treasury's last estimate just two months ago. Note that was before the debt ceiling surrender, so Treasury may have been lightly cooking those books. UK bank Barclays termed the $1.85 trillion a, quote, Treasury tsunami. Meanwhile, new figures show federal spending jumped 18% in June. So what he's saying here is... You remember that whole debt crisis, debt ceiling controversy where the politicians were arguing over whether it should be raised or how much it should be raised and this all that? This is in Canada, though. No, this is the United oh, States. Oh, okay, all right. This is the United States. This happened back in May. There was yep. this big hubbub about the uh, the debt ceiling, as there always is whenever they reach the debt ceiling. And then, of course, they raised it. And they, as I recall it, they raised the debt ceiling an unlimited amount until, I believe, 2025, if I recall correctly. Which means they can go whole hog all the way through the election season. So you know what the bottom line of this is going to result. Uh, so what's going to happen in America is your food is going to get very, very expensive. Because the thing is, it takes land to produce food. Mm-hmm. It takes, uh, and, and it takes small farms to produce basically good, nutritionally dense food. Because all the big corporate stuff is just it's essentially all garbage food. But the the you know the real cost of food is like when you go into these little farmers markets and you go into these you know earthy crunchy like con- conquered you know what do they call it the co op here yeah uh, so because most of that's organic there's there's no government subsidy in it in fact I believe You're the actual the real price that Manadnock co op over there I don't believe pays any property tax because they're really? a nonprofit and mm. I, I I'm not 100 percent sure about that but there's definitely one in Massachusetts that's like a very identical store, mm-hmm. and they uh, they don't pay any taxes because they're a nonprofit, and they're still really expensive. Oh yeah, well they're still really expensive. You know, steaks are twenty three dollars a pound for mm-hmm. certain steaks, but there's no subsidy involved in that twenty three dollar a pound, twenty five dollar, or actually not even twenty three dollars a pound is cheap steak. I, I, what did I see at um, the Concord Co op? It was like thirty one fifty a pound for you know like the higher end steaks, mm-hmm. like a month and a half ago. And in fact, my wife just sent me some pictures. She's like, "Yeah, you're selling your steak too cheap." And but you know the thing is is uh you know that's there's no government subsidizing it so when you go to Walmart and you go buy these you know basically the same type of cut of steak for mm-hmm. you know eight dollars a pound you know that's not that's going to be harder to make happen with this you know massive dollar tsunami because Absolutely. because food is a commodity that it takes labor it takes land it takes inputs like fuel and fertilizer it's all going up and and all this stuff and it's all very expensive. And uh, this is, you know, one of the reasons why me and my family are, are you know, raising our own food. And, I, and I, mm-hmm. I think being a farmer in the future after the system collapses, uh, the financial system collapses is going to be very profitable. But even if being a farmer is not profitable in the future, the skills that my kids will learn and other fa- families learn while farming uh, just lead to all kinds of other. You, you can be a mechanic. Yeah, there's anything always going to be a I mean, people are always going to need to eat. Let's talk to Chuck in Washington State. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you so much for taking my call. I don't mean to be cliche, but I really mean it when I say that because I wanted to let you know a couple weeks ago I called you and I was listening to you on KQP in Newport, Oregon, Mm -hmm. and uh, I I talked to the owner of uh, the previous owner of that uh, of that station, and I don't know if they're going to be able to. I don't know what's going on with Free Talk Live at KQP just because. He told me he sold the station. So yeah, I heard about that. Uh, yeah, and uh, the other thing that I wanted to uh, talk about too is the uh, KTOX community that listens to Free Talk Live. I guess they got a freaking hurricane, 
that's getting ready to uh, tackle the whole area right there. Uh, um, just it, it's like it looks like it's aiming up to the southern end of the Cascade Mountain Range, going right huh. up to uh, Oregon. So my and, wife. Uh, my wife's got a good friend that lives in Oregon. She talks to every week to have a conversation. They're very good friends for years. And she was actually at our wedding uh, here in New Hampshire. But uh, her friend was saying a few days, several days ago or, or something, that like it was the hottest they have ever experienced. So, like It was really, really hot. Mm. Uh, she's not far from Portland or right outside of Portland. And she said it was something. It was re- residual heat from the Maui fires. It was some kind of weather uh, thing is, and this is just I haven't looked into this other than a phone call, you know, that my my wife was telling me about. But there's definitely I, I some crazy that. weather. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, I can, I I can confirm that. But I I, I guess I'm not really uh, trying to um, you know submit this idea that there's a uh, global warming crisis or anything like that or climate change. I mean, I, I think I, there is climate change, but you know that is. Caused by the big ball, uh, ball of fire that we rotate around. Right. And so uh, the whole idea of cycles and everything like that, we got uh, we got the unfortunate end of a, a solar cycle that uh, I, I guess the only time that they had this, and um, uh, the screener that took my call before the uh, – uh, uh, I, I got on the air here. and I'm We don't have screeners here. Oh, that was, that oh, was, that was you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, they were talking about the difference between hurricane and cyclones. Uh, no, typhoon. Now, typhoon. Hurricane oh, ty- and typhoon. Oh, I'm sorry. Twisters, yeah. Quasars, everything like that. Typhoons, I think they spin clockwise and uh, oh, hurricanes. No. According, I don't know. According to, I just looked it what, up. What according to uh, the internet, uh, they say if it is above the North Atlantic, Central North Pacific, or Eastern North Pacific oh, Oceans, makes, yeah. they call it a hurricane. If it hovers over the Northwest Pacific Ocean, so we're talking East Asia, they call it a typhoon. So it just depends on the part of the world uh, that this thing is happening. So apparently West Southwest California is still in the hurricane naming ter- uh, territory. But I'm looking here at this uh, radar over at weather.com. By the way, this hurricane's name is Hillary. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's so rich. I that guess. poor I hurricane. <laughs> She's going to tear up the West Coast, apparently. But uh, it it's, looks like it's down by uh, west off the western Mexico coast right now, and it may be yeah. coming up north. But, I mean, you're talking about KTOX. That's our affiliate in Needles, California, Needle, which right. also has a signal in Arizona. So it's right there at the corner between uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the two states. I mean, it's pretty right, inland. Yeah. This thing is not going. The people in Needles, I don't think, have anything to worry about uh, besides maybe well, some slight winds and some some rain. This is not going to be any well, kind of devastation. I, I, well, we don't know that, and I'm and I'm saying that because they don't get these uh, downpours like this until October. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, I remember one time. I can tell you something about the power of the Western Rivers. I was out there one time just after a, a big storm had come in up upriver on the Missouri, and it had uprooted an entire tree. And this tree was huge; it was probably fifty to seventy feet tall, whole root mass and everything floating right down the middle of the river. Wow! Well, it hit this very violent hole, and it just sucked that tree right under the water. Hmm. That was wild. I mean, That's if you've been a flat boat, you know, 
trying to get down the river. Yeah, you'd be done. might have done the same thing to you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the power of water is something to definitely be reconciled. Yeah, you don't want to mess with it, for sure. Died crossing the washes. Because you get a rain 300 miles upriver, you don't know it, and all of a sudden this wall of water hits you. Yep, that's a great point. Uh, anything else you want to share tonight, Major? Well, you guys were talking about all the organic cows and whatnot. Here in Michigan, and I think it might be nationwide, we have a co-op of organic farmers. It's called Organic Valley, okay. and they've been formed a long time, so I think they got the .com on their Internet thing if you want to check them out. But uh, basically, you got to have you got to be able to prove your soil is organic, right? And uh, that, that demands a much higher price. But you sure. also have the standing of, you know, one, two, five, a thousand farmers behind you. And the thing got, is, you know, there's no crop subsidies for these organic guys. The only way you get, well, there's no federal crop subsidies. I don't know about, you know, local or whatever, but there's essentially no crop subsidies for the organic uh, farm operations. So this is why, you know, your organic versus inorganic, you know, uh, a lot of stuff is just so radically priced so differently because, the organic guy, when he deals with weeds, he's either going to go in there with a weed burner, and then if he's somewhere where it's like dry, like northeast Colorado or Nebraska, then he's got to go in there with a weed burner, and then he's got to go in there with a, a you know a fire truck, you know, to support the weed burner, so you don't set the whole place on fire. Or you got to do was you got to plow the land, you got to till it a little bit, uh, cultivate it, you know, run run some uh, equipment through with some chisels or whatever, you know, for um, you know taking out the weeds, say between the corn rows. So doing it like you know weeding with. Uh, with a plow, for example, costs like you know can cost you fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars an acre, maybe even forty dollars an acre uh, to get done. If you got like hundreds of acres, that adds up quick. To where spraying Roundup, uh, you can do it for like six dollars an acre. You know, by the time you, you and and then you're getting subsidies on top of it. So this is why America has a, America, Canada has a lot of really really cheap food, but all the cheap food's really bad for you because it's got a, all been sprayed with Roundup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're if you're trying to make it on an old fifty acre farm or something, and all the mega farmers around you are spraying Roundup and whatnot on their crops, you could fail your own soil test just because of the water wheat from their crop. That's right. We got Sheriff David Hathaway on the line with us here. He is the sheriff of uh, the Santa Cruz County down there in southern Arizona on the border. Now, you're a little bit ways you know, inland uh, compared to the rest of Arizona, but you say you guys are still getting ready for this thing, this uh, Hurricane Hillary. David, what were you saying there just before we had to go to the break? Yeah, you know, we're already in our monsoon season. Our monsoon season, our rainy season typically goes late June up till mid-September. So we already get flash flooding this time oh, of year, okay. like, like Jay was mentioning. We have um, high mountain ranges on two sides of us. We have mountain ranges that have peaks that are over 9,000 feet. And kind of the way the moisture goes through Arizona this time of year, uh, you kind of have these rain shadows, and it's based on elevation. So you have moist air coming from Mexico, coming from the Pacific Ocean, and then it hits these mountain ranges and it kind of goes like a ramp and it pushes the moist air really high to where it cools off and then it dumps the rain typically around the mountains. So that's where our dangerous flash floods come is there'll be heavy rains in the mountains and then there Mm. will be canyons and arroyos that come off the mountains and these flash floods will come out of nowhere even if there's no rain in the area because it's the, the watershed is is up in the mountains. But yeah, the river, the one river we have here is Santa Cruz River. It's the same 
name is this county. And I live right next to it. So that's kind of the one floodplain that we have. And it actually uh, is the, the rain in Mexico feeds that river. So if we get heavy rains in Mexico, then we can get flooding along that river. Hmm. So you guys are used to getting some water in there. It's not going to be, uh, you know, probably the end of the world for you if the hurricane kind of comes your way. Yeah, and I have a search and rescue team that's all volunteers. So under Arizona state law, each sheriff's office has to have a search and rescue team. And I, since I came in, I doubled the number of volunteers because there's mm. a lot of people that want to help the community and it's no tax burden for that's great. the taxpayers. So um, these guys, they have some of them retired. A lot of them have full-time jobs, but they'll drop what they're doing. Typically, these emergencies are in the middle of the night and they'll go look for people up in the mountains or people that are maybe caught in a flash flood and they call in on a cell phone. So mm-hmm. um, we have a very motivated search and rescue group and they're a real fun group to hang out with they have little barbecues together and whatnot because like i say they're they're not motivated by a paycheck they're motivating motivated by by public service so they're doing a lot this time of year anyway like when we get our little flash floods about every week in different parts of the county so that's that's something that we typically respond to this time of year if it was a month and a half ago it would have been range fires like during our dry season a lot of lightning fires but that's kind of died down the rain has settled in and and things are greening up very cool um actually we have a call on the line here uh david do you mind taking a call Sure. All right, I'm going to put you here, and we'll bring Rob on the line in Vermont. Rob, you're on with Sheriff David Hathaway from Arizona. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Sheriff, I've heard you on Free Talk Live many times. I've been listening to this show and participating with this show for about 15 years. And so I recognize the voice and stuff. And uh, the sheriff is probably about the only type of law enforcement that I would trust, but but I I wanted to ask you, uh, some folks that I know, and and including myself, have been through the court system uh, and have been found guilty for crimes that we have not committed, and the people involved were, uh, uh, they were protected by qualified immunity. Does that kind of thing happen in your area at all? And what are your feelings about how qualified immunity should work? Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah you, as a matter of fact, I just did a, an extensive interview this week with some First Amendment auditors that operate here in Arizona. Hmm. There's a YouTube channel uh, called Hendry, H-E-N-D-R-Y, and he just interviewed me on that subject this, this week. And there's another very a guy I really like uh, named Christopher Ruff, R-U-F-F. That's his YouTube channel. Very active here in Arizona. YouTube auditor goes up and films the police, and um, he, he gets some very interesting reactions. So, um, yeah, my feeling is, uh, you know, the 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 police have no special rights above any, anything else. There shouldn't be anything like qualified immunity. There shouldn't be laws like you know hate hate speech or special privilege. Anybody should have the you know the right to express their feelings on any subject. So yeah, I kind of I don't know if you would find that on YouTube. That recent uh, interview I did with a YouTube uh, channel named Hendry H E N D R Y, but okay. we got into that. But yeah, I don't think there should be. Any anything like qualified immunity, because that just encourages cops to pull out their guns and start blazing away at people. Um, 
you know, I, I mentioned a while back to Ian about a guy who was shot nine times in the back in a wheelchair outside of Walmart in Tucson, making his high speed two mile an hour getaway yeah, from a cop yeah. to the parking lot. And, you know, that guy is off scot-free now. They dropped the case wow. on him once. It was refiled and they dropped it again. So, no, there shouldn't be any spe- special privilege that just encourages Did he keep to- his job, that cop? Yeah, he did. He, wow. he kept his job, and he's still working for Tucson Police Department. That's amazing. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.